Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to the Market Lane Coffee Podcast and our Coffee Rollout series, where we introduce new coffees to the Market Lane team. I'm Einar and I'm here with Jason. In this episode, we are talking about a farm that we have introduced before. For those who vividly remember episode 11, it was the episode about our seasonal espresso and the coffee was Sempre Vive from Facendo Progresso in Bahia, Brazil. But they also produce another coffee which should be familiar for regulars at Market Lane. Today, we are talking about marimbas. Hello, Jason. Hello, Anna. Hello, everyone. Thanks once again for listening to this podcast about coffee. Yes. Um, I had a question about the um, uh, naming of coffees. Who decides a name? Usually, it's the farmer. In this case, it was Fabiano Bore at Fazenda Progresso. Fazenda Progresso is kind of unique in terms of farms that we buy from because it's just so large. They produce a huge amount of coffee per year. So they end up separating the coffees out into different varieties and different plots. But even once they've done that, they have several different quality levels that they produce and they name these selections different things. So for us, they look for a, a coffee similar year on year and they call that coffee Marimbus. But Marimbus itself is just a selection from a number of different plots from Katsuai varieties that hits a certain quality quality level and a taste profile. Sempre Viva that also comes from the same farm is like a more selective and different quality coffee. That's right. Yeah. Marimbus is more of a, a field blend in a nice way. <laughs> I think they're just different taste profiles. So Sempre Viva, they try and look for something with a bit more cherry sweetness or a bit fruitier. And then Marimbus, they look for something with more of like a, a hazelnut or a soft apricot sort of taste to it. And yeah, slightly different score levels as well. I think the Sempre Viva, they look for something that's, you know, 85 point five and marimbas is more like straight 85. Yeah so we often have marimbas as a guest espresso on the bar it's also a wholesale offering. It's a staple wholesale offering. Yeah and we often talk about coffee being seasonal whereas marimbas is kind of a all-year coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, can you explain how that is? Yes um, so we get several shipments from from Progresso. Uh, I think last year we got our first shipment landed in November and our last shipment landed in March so even though it was from the one harvest it was fairly well spread out. Coffee tends to age better in parchment than it does when it's after it's been milled and shipped overseas so resting you know these bulk lots of coffee in Brazil for three months before their shift shipped doesn't affect their age quality as much as if as if we were to ship the whole lot in one go and then have it sort of rest here in Australia so we spread the shipments out a little bit it means we have a bit more of a shelf life in the coffee but yeah we do have this coffee year-round so it's it's not a seasonal offering but it is it does still taste really fresh and great throughout the year I wanted to talk about some other coffee names as well where um, maybe the farmer doesn't decides the name but you do mm -hmm. does that happen for example, have you got something on your... Um, yes, Jose Santana or those names. Um, yeah, Jose Santana comes to mind. Andre Hakizimana, mm -hmm. Juan Ticona. Oh, a lot of the Bolivian farmers also haven't actually named their farms. So the Mamani family comes to mind, Juan Mamani, Juan Mamani. And those coffees are named after them rather than their farm. And it could be for reasons like the size of the farm is just very small, so they haven't you know, bothered to name it or, or something. Or culturally, it's not something that happens all that often. So you see that in Colombia a little bit for the smaller farms, they don't typically name them. And then obviously it's different for places like Guatemala where they're much more bigger estates or yeah, larger sort of thinkers. Yeah, I guess one example of where we do sort of, I guess, change the name or, you know, maybe alter it a little bit is if a farm um, sells multiple lots of coffee and the quality is quite similar 
and we're not getting a huge amount. So for example, um, Santa Isabel, they sell us two different grades of Santa Isabel. One's called Flores and one's called Santa Isabel Estate. There is a quality difference between them. We find the Flores to be a little bit fruitier, a little bit more floral, and the Estate to be a little bit you know, more jammy. Um, but we tend not to say that it's the Flores Estate or the Flores lot from Santa Isabel because we think it would be a little bit confusing. So in, in that case, we just call it Santa Isabel and we say it's from the farm rather than get down to that level of detail. And we, we talked earlier a little bit about how this coffee is available year round for wholesale. And I thought I'd just go over some of the benefits of that or why we have it uh, on the menu year round. So typically we would buy a coffee that's only on the menu for you know six weeks or two months or something. And that's because we like to have coffees that you know taste fresh and, and are in season. But there are customers who prefer to have a similar coffee all the time. So the menu doesn't change, they don't have to update their signage so their customers can get the same thing every day. I think it's nice to have maybe one or two options like this, which we've chosen not to do it for seasonal espresso because we think it'd be quite, well, I guess it's quite difficult to, to do for that sort of volume year round. But for a one option for wholesale and sometimes for our shops as well, I think it's nice to have something that stays the same. Hmm. We tasted some of the Marimba's uh, espresso earlier, both black and with milk. Um, let's hear your tasting notes for Marimba's espresso. Yeah, I had a lot of like praline toasted nuts, um, like toasted almond, toasted hazelnuts, honey, very nice soft sort of apricot acidity, uh, milk chocolate, a little bit of red apple. Overall, very clean, uh, approachable, very sweet. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, uh, similar. I got dark chocolate, toasted almonds, a bit of orange. The sweetness was quite rich, almost licorice-like or molasses, I guess. Yeah, heavy-bodied and soft acidity. And with milk, what did you taste? Similar, you know, with milk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just more milky. More milky. <laughs> no, I suppose it changes to, yeah, I, I, I have been tending to get a bit of vanilla with our milk. I'm not sure if it's the time of year or something, but sort of from dark chocolate to milk chocolate and then toasted nut to more of a nut spread or something. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought the chocolate notes came through with, with the milk. Got sort of roasted hazelnuts, but with the skin on, uh, not when you rub it off. Uh, something nice cereal-like, maybe a buttery sweet oat biscuit. Yeah, it's a solid, reliable, everyday coffee that isn't too ex- complex, mm-hmm. but yeah, very comforting. Uh, so our next coffee uh, rollout uh, will also be a coffee from Brazil. It's from... Silvio Leite. Mm-hmm. Could you explain just the relationship between our Brazilian coffees? They seem to... Yeah, that's right. A lot of the producers do know each other. Silvio has done a lot of work with Cup of Excellence, especially in Brazil, but also in other countries. So he's really quite familiar with a lot of the, the good farms in, in Brazil. We tend to buy from three different areas or three different regions in Brazil. So there's Bahia, which is uh, broken down into Chapata de Matina, which is where Progresso is. And there's a Piata. So there's small farms around Piata like Sao Judas and Cofundo and Jose Santana. Um, and then MCM also buys a little bit of coffee from uh, a bit further south in Cerro de Cabra. They buy from a farm called Eco Agricola there. Now, Marcolin hasn't taken coffee from that farm before. They tend to be kind of a, a larger farm. The quality is not, in my opinion, not quite as high as some of the coffees we get for Bahia. But yeah, they definitely all know each other. Silvio works as our exporter, so he works helping coordinate coffees from all these three locations and, and shipping them out. The volumes that MCM are buying mean that, you know, usually it's a full container from at least these three places. But I think last year they bought something like six containers or something from Brazil. And how much coffee is in the container? There's 18 tons of coffee in a container. And for reference, Marcolin would buy about 10 tons of just marimbas. 
and we had a bit of homework from last week. There were a few uh, responses to the quiz for the Mordkoff Espresso that uh, you wanted to go over. I think some of the questions and some of the answers that people chose, I want to clarify some of those. Yeah, uh, so this time you could choose um, multiple alternatives. So some of them are wrong, of course, uh, mm-hmm. some of them are right. One of the questions was about Ethiopian land race, uh, which statement best describes Ethiopian land race varietals. Uh, there are a few different answers to that one. The right answer is Ethiopian land race varietals originate from the forest of Ethiopia. Yeah, we talked about how there were some varieties that were chosen from forests in Ethiopia selections and then sort of cultivated to produce sort of improved varieties. And these were all referred to as land race varieties. So yeah, so that's the right answer. A few responses also selected Ethiopian land race is a nickname for unknown varietals. That one was a little bit of a tricky one. It was a bit of a tricky one. It could be true, but it's not really the answer that uh, we were looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah and also some responses on uh, land race refers to natural process coffee and washed process are called heirloom. Yeah, land race only refers to the to the variety rather than the type of processing the coffee goes through. So both natural processed and washed processed are obviously ways of getting the seed out of the coffee rather than the variety of the coffee or the genetic makeup of the coffee itself. And the last alternative answer was the land race varietals grow in the wild and cannot be farmed. No one uh, believed that. And the question after that was, uh, which of the statements are true about natural process? In this one, there's two right answers. Most of the submissions were the right ones. The first alternative was natural process is a complex method that requires a lot of attention to do well. Yep. It can be a very simple method, but to do it well, it's quite complicated. So we've changed that one. Yes, that's correct. The second uh, option was Ethiopia produces both washed and natural processed coffees in large volumes. And I think we mentioned that a lot of the areas of Sadama traditionally would produce washed coffee and areas in Harar would produce naturally processed coffee. So that's also correct. Uh, and then there were some answers on natural process is made with overripe cherries while they're still on the tree. People do sometimes leave cherries on the tree until they're very, very dark or overripe, but it's not, I don't know the name of that process or if it's even prolific enough to be named, but it's definitely not what I would categorize as sort of natural process. Normally it would be processed while perfectly ripe and then Mm. sorted and left to dry. No one chose the uh, last alternative, which was natural process is new and rare in Ethiopia. Uh, I think the natural process is the traditional way of processing coffee in Ethiopia. Yeah, we did talk a little bit about how, you know, especially in the 80s and 90s in Sadama, there, there was a big push to produce washed coffees. And now most of the coffees in Sadama are washed. But more recently, we've been getting some natural processed coffees from Sadama. But, yep. We also had a question from, uh, from the staff. Usually the quiz will finish with one question. That is, what would you tell a customer that is curious about this coffee? What kind of answer would you be hoping for or expect? I'd be hoping for an answer that that really piques the customer's interest, that tells them something about who produced the coffee and what makes it special. I mean, we talk about that all the time, like what makes this coffee special? And we try and find a couple of things for people to hold on to and to, you know, use to, I guess, sell the coffee or, you know, explain what the coffee's about. But yeah, I would be looking for things that make it distinctive and 
you know, interesting and attractive to buy. You know, using Mordkoff as an example, I'd be telling a customer that Guji's a really, it's one of my favorite, you know, coffee growing regions because of the strong blueberry characteristics and Haile is a very caring producer, even though he has a large farm. I'd be explaining the social programs because that's something that personally I'm more you know more interested in than other other topics but yeah stating facts like you know it's grown at 1900 meters above sea level isn't necessarily that interesting to a consumer I'd probably be staying away from the drier sort of facts like that unless they ask about it I'm interested in a a coffee that's grown organically do you have anything um, whether it's certified or not then of course yes that is interesting to the customer but what do you think uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think a lot of the kind of dry facts is not really interesting for a customer. I'm trying to, if I were a customer and didn't know anything about this coffee, uh, what would make me feel great? So it's either maybe the process is a bit unusual, uh, maybe the varietal is a bit unusual, maybe there is a fifth generation farm or something like that, or social, social conditions. My suggestion, I guess, would also be to find find something interesting about the coffee that, that you're interested in as well, because it's going to be easier for you to remember that, that about the coffee and to, you know, come across as genuine about the coffee to the customer. Yeah, I think uh, one of my pet hates is that this coffee is my favorite at the moment. It's it's relevant for you, but not, not so much for the customer, uh, although they do see us as the coffee experts. So if, if we're drinking it... Um, then it's good, but I think all our coffees are good. If you're looking for more information about each coffee and you find the podcast maybe uh, not the right medium, uh, a lot of the information comes from the uh, MCM website. So if you Google the the coffee or it's sometimes hard to find directly through the website. So I normally uh, Google the name of the coffee and then Melbourne Coffee Merchant and you'll find the whole backlog of all our coffees there. That's right. And if you ever want more information directly, please just ask. Yeah. yeah. Marimbas Espresso is a pop natural process Catuai varietal from the Chapada Diamantia region in Bahia, Brazil. On the bag, the tasting notes are dark chocolate and walnut with a soft orange finish. This coffee retails for $17 for 250 gram and $55 per kilo. It will be on the retail shelf until end of October. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, let us know if you have any questions and uh, I think most of you have tried Marimbus uh, already, but have another try and share your tasting notes with your team. Yeah, we'd love to know what uh, you all think of it and what your customers think of it too. So let us know. Thank you. Bye-bye.